It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you on this first Sunday of Christmas. And we are celebrating, as we read from the Gospel of John, St. John this Sunday, for the words that he gave uh, to, um, to us, unique from the other three, the, the other three synoptic Gospels. It is thought that Matthew was written for the Jew, for the Jewish mind. Mark was written for the inquiring mind. He was an intellect, a, theology, a theologian, and a medical doctor. Excuse me, uh, I'm speaking of Luke. Luke was written for the intellectual, and John was written for the lovers in the world. The keynote of the Gospel of John is his love for Jesus. We see it throughout uh, his um, discipleship and following Jesus, and what a beautiful picture we see of him. Uh, as he loves the Lord so dearly. I want to uh, share the Christmas story, actually the, uh, uh, the, the coming of the Word and how the Word was made flesh with, with us this morning. Uh, and I want to begin with uh, sharing the poetic words of a song and share from that, those poetic words. Just a simple maiden with her hands outstretched to God, saying, Lord, thy will be done. I will abide. Just a simple carpenter who found himself in love with a girl bearing the child of the divine. Just a simple stable. Looking back now, it does seem odd that God himself would enter there inside. Just a simple manger, but somehow it was enough to accommodate the God of space and time. One holy night, a supernatural birth left heaven and earth spellbound as the mysterious, omniscient God took a name. His name shall be called Jesus. Darkness fled from light and wrong was made right in just one holy night. Notice the common thread that runs through each one of those verses, and that is simple. The choice by the Godhead and the counsel of the Godhead was not a grandiose introduction of the king of the kingdom of God, of the maker of the universe, but it was simple. And if you look like Elijah did for the voice of God in the thunder or in the tornado, you won't find his voice there, but you will find it in a still, small voice. Just a simple maiden. Scholars tell us that Mary was around 14 years old when all of these things that we read about in the Christmas story transpired. Gabriel brings the word of God as the Holy Spirit moves upon her. And he vitalizes, energizes, and fertilizes God incarnate within this little 14-year-old girl. I often think about that because Paul said to Timothy, let nobody despise your youth. And I've got to believe that Paul may have been thinking of Mary when he wrote those words. Never underestimate how God can use 
young people and children in prayer and in testimony with their simple faith. Notice what Mary does. She hides the word of God in her heart. Mary was very instructed in the Old Testament, and she certainly knew of the 119th Psalm, which says, Hide the word of God in your heart that you might not sin against him. Mary knew how to keep God's secrets. She didn't tell anybody about the visitation from Gabriel to announce the fact that she was favored above all women. She hides the word in her heart as the incarnate word matures inside her womb. And as God's word comes into the womb of our hearts, it matures to bring forth the life and the work and the ministry and the faith and the spirit of Jesus. But last but not least, I do want to point out the wonderful gift that Mary brought to, to God. The Lord empowered her. She brought the gift of submission. I don't know about you, but in my Christian journey, I have been faced with crossroads many times when the question is, will you obey my word, saith God, or will you go what seems right to the heart of man? And the key that that all turns on is the word submission. It is the ultimate step of faith when we come and submit our lives to the hand of God. You see that in Abraham with Isaac. It was submission to obeying the word of the Lord that made Abraham the father of faith. And here Mary says, as you have said, Father, be it unto me. And she, ended very, she entered some very precarious territory because under the law, she could well have been divorced by Joseph, but she also could have suffered the penalty of the law for a pregnancy outside of wedlock. But she hid these things in her heart and she submitted herself to the word that had been brought to her. Again, it looks like Paul may have been thinking of this very submission of Mary when he writes those words in Romans 12:1, because this is what Mary did. Make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. This is well-pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. What Mary did, in spite of the possibilities of the cost, she submitted her life to the hand of God and to the Word of God. Just a simple carpenter. The word is tekton in the Greek, and it is most likely the root word where we get the idea of technician. You can almost hear it, tekton. And in Hebrew, or excuse me, in, in the days of Jesus, tekton, usually meant a carpenter, but it could mean uh, other kinds of skills. A craftsman who takes raw materials and turns them into viable, useful functions. Joseph was chosen to be the steward 
of the incarnate word. He was the steward of the incarnate word. It was by no accident. Joseph was a godly man. His attitudes and his actions were an outworking of godliness. He was quite familiar with Micah 6, 8, which says, I have shown you, O man, what is right, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly before God. So rather than put Mary away secretly, which would have been merciful, Joseph hears the word of the Lord. And he not only is merciful toward her, but he embraces her and makes her his wife. Joseph's way of dealing with his situation was the key to kingdom, with a capital K, results. His way of dealing with his situation was the key to kingdom results. He responded to the revelation that God had given him. God gives us revelations in different ways. Many times it will be sitting as you are here or watching as you are in, in the streaming. And suddenly an illumination will come and the Holy Spirit will speak a specific thing to you out of the Word of God. Perhaps out of the liturgy. Perhaps out of the prayers of the people. And the way you deal with your situation will determine whether you get kingdom results or not. Just a simple, stable, humble place of shelter, protection, healing, and rest for living creatures. That's what a stable was. That's what it still is. Boy, when I was growing up, I cleaned out plenty of stables because my dad both kept horses and cattle. And so I know what it is to be in a stable. A stable is a place where new life comes into existence. Little lambs are born in stables. But at the same time, it was a humble place. It was dirty. You know, if you, if you want neatness and you want order and you want sterility, hey, go to an operating room. But don't go to a birthing room because it's not neat and orderly, but life comes forth from there. There was nothing glamorous about this situation, but Mary trusted God through impossible situations, and she gave us a legacy of faith. She realized that Life is not about avoiding difficult circumstances, but it's about going through them with Jesus. And he carries us through those difficult circumstances. Just a simple manger, a rectangular, a rectangular wood container designed to feed sheep and other living things. It was just a rectangular wood container that held food for the sheep and for other living things. Hard to escape the parallel, brothers and sisters, between the manger and the Ark of the Covenant where God meets with his people. It's hard to miss that the Ark and the items in it were, were a foreshadowing of the babe in the manger. 
Now watch this. What did the Ark of the Covenant contain? It contained the stone tablets on which the Ten Commandments were written by the finger of God, which revealed God's character. The budding rod of Aaron, which though it had been cut from the almond tree, it budded and brought forth fruit. The spirit of resurrection. And then the bowl of manna that had come from the wilderness, the bread of heaven that God had given to his people during their travels and during their journey. And you know, angels attended both the Ark of the Covenant and the birth of the Son of the Living God. As we look into that manger in Bethlehem, we witness the baby who is the character of God. We witness he who said, I am the resurrection and the life, and I am the bread of heaven. Jesus, release your imagination for a moment. Can you imagine the angels were breathless as he stepped down from his throne to enter into the cosmos his own hands had made. Can you imagine how the darkness protested as its reign was overthrown and victory was declared by love's decree that holy night? This supernatural mirth left heaven and earth spellbound as the mysterious, omniscient God took a name. Darkness fled from light Wrong was made right on this one holy night. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.